You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris, and I'm joined with Angie. And oh my God, man, we are, like we said, we promised last week, we have an awesome guest today, Mr. Corbin Maxey. This is huge for us. So, Corbin, welcome. Thank you so much. I hope this wasn't the big surprise at the end of the Red Wolf episode, was it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to apologize in advance to all the listeners who were like, Corbin, what? Corbin, who? (laughs) I, no, seriously. I know it's hard in your shoes to, like, appreciate yourself, you know, sometimes. Uh, I'm glad that to hear that from you, but... I like to tell people you're like the new Jack Hanna. You're the up and coming Jack Hanna. You are the the new face of animal conservation. Absolutely. And uh, during each podcast, we always describe the animal, and I encourage listeners to go ahead and Google it so they can learn, see a more visual. And I think if they do Google your name, they should get a visual and learn a little bit more about you, and then. They'll also start to realize that you're an amazing public figure. You're our first public figure that's acknowledged our existence. The first one yeah. that has a the first one that has a Wikipedia page, I guess you could say. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, we all know Leonardo DiCaprio has been blowing me off for months now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I look just like him, so- though. So, yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, yeah, you're yeah, a younger yeah. oh, version, yeah. a younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but no, we're just so happy to have you here, and that we've been able to touch base about animals and mm-hmm. uh, conservation. Mm-hmm. And so it's we're just we're gonna have a lot of fun in this interview. So please stick with us. Uh, yes. For those of you who aren't familiar with Corbin, you will be uh, by the end of the podcast, and you'll be a big fan like us. He does have a yes. great following on Facebook, some of the other social media platforms like Twitter. And not only does Corbin have his own podcast where he interviews different people that do wild, awesome things with animals, but he's an avid educator, he's a conservationist, a reptile lover, and do you still have any reptiles on your uh, on your property? Corbin? Yes, like 27. Oh. Yeah, 27, the animals wow. I started. Yeah, I have out al- Yeah, we could go into that, but yeah, alligators, pythons, Tortoises, an emu, and a sixty-five pound turkey with a bad heart condition named Tom. Aww, Not a reptile. Tom but, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> God bless him. Well good. Yeah, and, God bless him. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and just to get started, why don't you give us a little bit of background for the listeners that aren't familiar with you, uh, about how you got started in um animal education and then also in the animal entertainment type field. Yeah. Well, I always had a passion for animals and I, my family was always the family that had cats and dogs, but we also had like rabbits and I had a, like a pet snake. My parents say like I had a pet snake. I have a picture with me with a pet snake and diapers, which is insane. You know, we just had tons <laughs> of different animals. Yeah. Not a pretty sight, but no. So I grew up my childhood in a tiny, tiny little town. Have you guys ever heard of Roby Creek, Idaho? No, no. No. What's the population though? No. To give us a little perspective. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Population four. It was me, my mom, my dad, and my sister. I swear. I thought I grew up in a small town. Oh, my word. Small. Yeah. So I grew up. And so just to kind of just to give the listeners just an idea, like it was in the middle of the mountains in my family's cabin Mm -hmm. that we literally kind of built from scratch. And so we, you know, when most kids had friends or when most kids like had pavement (laughs) or green grass, seriously, like I was out. Catching frogs and snakes and lizards and toads. And that was my childhood. And that was like my basis for like, wow, you know, I was always surrounded by animals. Mm -hmm. They were like my friends and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, that's kind of where I developed my passion. And then at 12, I rescued my first ball python named Reggie, who's still alive, which is shocking. He was old when I got him. So he's like, yeah, he's like a complete geriatric. And where did you rescue (laughs) Um, him from? But, uh. So he was from my, from my local pet store. So some of the fun things I would do as a kid, like it would be like going to Disneyland would be going to the local pet store. And so it it was a common thing. My dad would just take me to go look at the, I don't know, mainly I love the reptiles and stuff like that. And uh, some guy walked in and was like, I have this ball python. And he talked to the store manager behind me and he said, do you want it? And the store manager's like, no, like we don't have any use for it. I'm like, Dad, no, please. <laughs> and that's how I got Reggie. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, and then third, and then um, a year later, I, I you know I, I thought, wow, this is amazing. How many of these unwanted reptiles? I thought I would love to start a reptile rescue in my parents' bonus room. And then at thirteen, a year later, I had over sixty different animals in wow. my in my parents' bonus room. Oh, like wow. God wow. bless them. And, yeah. And well, and you bring up a really good point that I've touched on, or we've touched on in podcasts about unwanted exotic animals, and I always promote. Uh, there's groups out there that like the pet amnesty where people can uh, get information on how to surrender their unwanted pets. I always recommend to people to do a lot of education before getting any pets, whether it's a dog, a cat, or especially an exotic pet, such as a reptile or bird, uh, because they're not for everyone and they can live a long time and, and probably you're the reptile expert, so you could speak more on it, but people aren't aware that reptiles are really hard to keep as far as they're they don't maybe they don't eat a lot but they're very sensitive with their temperature and humidity guidelines so maybe you can touch a little bit a little bit on why within one year you had a house full of reptiles that nobody wanted so first and foremost you know reptiles can be difficult pets you know but some can make excellent pets like some beginner pets you know bearded dragons corn snakes etc but the reptiles that i was rescuing were animals that like do not really make good pets like alligators uh, green iguanas and he, I mean alligators first of all they are illegal to keep here in Idaho mm-hmm. so please don't tell anybody um, <laughs> we'll that edit that part out right? <laughs> she's looking at me like no I'm kidding no I, I could show you my permits I pay a hefty price for them no uh, so, hey, yeah but some yeah, of the animals just uh, get too large <laughs> yeah I was gonna say like Corbett just moved to Florida ahead. man I'm not kidding you I got done teaching a class I walk out back and there's a yeah it's probably only like a a four foot gator, but sitting there hissing at me as I'm trying to go to my car. And I'm like, Oh my God, so, just move to Florida, man. They're, <laughs> they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh my. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, and they're, they're like not a big deal. Like to you, like here yeah. in Idaho, I'll show an alligator and people are like, Oh my God, yeah. like what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, in Florida, they're just like, yeah, yeah. yeah any any water, day, like day, so. advice for people in Florida, just assume there's a gator in it. Any mm-hmm. puddle, anything. There's <laughs> gators in it. After a big rain. Yes, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just did. I did an interview. I just did it last week with Business Insider because they wanted mm. my advice on what to do if you get attacked by an alligator. And so it's like it was anyway. It gave I gave my expert advice on on what you you know on what what to do. Run. But, you know. But anyway, but of course it's extremely rare. Yeah, yeah run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely run. So yeah. yeah, yeah so, anyway, so Corbett, when I. You know, I, I've listened to your podcast and, and I'm going to do this for him and I'm going to reiterate it too at the end. If you have it, cause Corbin does this for all of his guests and it's amazing, dude. You're, you're awesome. Pause the podcast. Go look animals to the max. Click subscribe and don't forget to rate and review. Give him a five star rating. We need to come together as a community. as uh, what Angie and I keep, keep pushing, you know, as we talk to experts throughout the world. We all need to come together if we're going to tackle this mass extinction event. So please, you know, support Corbin and what he's doing. You know, I, I, I've obviously researched you, watched your videos, watched your interviews, the late night talk shows. And it really like, it gets me so excited. I was so excited after talking to you last week because I remember being a kid and I'm going to, this is way before you were born. Uh, Angie was still probably a baby, baby, but job, you know, I used Chris. to watch mutual of Omaha yeah. <laughs> way to like age her. Just like, just, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, at last pod, she's like, you were born in 1965, right? I was like, no, <laughs> I'm a seventies baby. Yeah. Angie's almost a late seventy. Uh, Angie's a late eighties baby, yes, right? Yes, um, exactly. but I used to watch mutual of Omaha you know, a long time ago and then watching, you know, like Jack Hanna and the others go on these shows. So, you know, from your perspective, like I could just see you getting the youth really engaged and excited. So, so how did, how does that feel? Like in your mind, you know, as you go out there and talk to all these people, what is really your goal in trying to get people excited about this stuff? I think just like I would like to be the voice for this next generation, just like the Jack Hanna. I love getting people mm-hmm. excited about animals. I love getting people excited about conservation and letting people know just of all ages, like kids to even adults, that they can make a difference a lot of times. And, and that's a theme. And, and, and I, which I, by the way, I love your podcast. I love your podcast so much because Thanks. you guys, Thanks. you know, give you guys, you basically give listeners tips and they say like, listen, like you don't, I mean, you could take small steps just to help the environment 
environment to help protect biodiversity. And so um, I love getting people excited about animals. And, you know, it, if I could change like someone's like perception about animals or someone's decision, let's say, to use straws or not, or someone to not maybe kill a snake or someone to maybe not fear wolves. Like, I feel like, you know what? I have done my job and I take it so seriously mm-hmm. and I like to have fun doing it. But uh, that I like to use my platforms, especially like the national TV shows. I'm like, OK, this is a job. I get to like talk in front of three million people for, yeah. I don't know, three and a half, four minutes. And I try to get all the coolest yeah. facts I can in, and I try to get people excited about wildlife. Yeah, and I'll just jump in so Angie can ask a question. But yeah, it's like, you know, Steve Irwin. Um, maybe, you know, me and Angie's generation and your generation yeah, to an extent too. Yeah, he just got a Hollywood star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, sure like did. His enthusiasm sure is what got people excited about it. And, and, and so oh, I applaud yeah, you. Yeah, he was just so brilliant, yeah. so fun to watch. I mean, oh, yeah. he was great. He was, he was yeah. my first. Like living up in the middle of nowhere, we had this little rink-a-dink satellite. And for some reason, we were able to get Animal Planet. I remember yeah. as a kid looking at the crocodile hunter. Yeah. I was like, what is this? I yeah. loved it. As a kid, like I, yeah. I loved it. He was, yeah, such an icon. And yeah. 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 And, yeah he's so awesome. How do you go from being an animal lover, like a lot of us probably listen to the podcast, to then having 60 reptiles in your house. I like want to meet your mom and shake her hand and tell her she was a good woman. People are, first of all, you're probably envisioning my mom like this hardcore, rough and tough, like reptile gal. She is yeah. not. She yeah. is a hairstylist. She works at the number one salon in Boise. She is so girly, like beyond, you know, really into that stuff. So God bless my parents. But the coolest oh, thing is they always them. supported yes. me. So yeah. yeah. So they support you and you get this reptile room, guest room, which I just love the visual on that. (laughs) I would like to see photos if possible someday. Uh, But you get get the room, reptile room, and then shortly thereafter, correct me if I'm wrong, you had your first guest appearance with – Jay Leno. Yes. Well, okay. Well, first of all, just kind of just to backtrack, because it seems like mm-hmm. for listeners are probably like, wait, how did this kid? I mean, like, there's tons of people who have reptiles. Tons of kids have reptiles. How do you end up on Jay Leno? Mm-hmm. And so I always mm-hmm. loved, and that's like the number one question people ask me is like, how did you get into TV? And there was not like a direct path. When I grew up, I never thought that's what I would want to do. I mm-hmm. always loved entertaining. I always loved, as you can tell, and just like you, Angie, I love talking. And so, you I know, just it. as a kid, I yeah. just wouldn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Blah, blah, blah. I heard I was like yeah. the most annoying kid. I know. But, um, I could talk yeah, to a wall I, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes. I have talked to a wall. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, right. But uh yeah, so I would just I remember being in love. We would go to our local zoo show and there was like this rinky dink bird show. And anyway, I would I loved just how he educated people and presented to audiences. And so I would have like make believe like my dad made the stage. It was like pieces of straw with a piece of plywood and I would just catch beetles and cockroaches and just pretend to I, I sound ridiculous, but it, it's a true story. I would pretend to imaginary audiences to educate and then um, just to not make it too long, basically I had 60 different animals when I was 13 and I, would, I loved sharing my knowledge with other people. And so I would beg, I would call local daycares. Okay. I would call YMCA's and be like, can I please come and do a reptile show? I would beg them. And I remember, oh my God, I'll never forget. Like, I just remember like getting one and it was like, yes. And this was all like pro bono. (laughs) This was all, I mean, I, and I just showed up and I was like a big chubby kid. I was like five foot. Just a, and I had this giant safari cloak. I have not cloak, but it's a big cloak now, but this giant shirt and this yeah. safari hat. And anyway, I loved it. And I love just, you know, I just, I, I did that for a few years. And I remember like one time someone gave me like, I think they gave me $25 and I was like, Oh my God, I'm sad. That's amazing. <laughs> 25 <made> bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then to answer your question about Jay Leno, my, my, uh, we were always huge fans of the Tonight Show and they were doing a talent scout audition for teenagers with weird or unusual talents. <laughs> and so I didn't really have a talent, but I had all these exotic animals. And so my mom wrote in for me and she's so witty and she's so quick, like with, with one liners, like God bless her. Um, I had no idea she was writing in for me, but she said, hi, my name is Corbin. At the time I turned 14, so I'm, you know, 14 years old and I have all these exotic reptiles. Call me the next crocodile hunter, dot, 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 ah. or just call me. Yeah. That was it. And, uh, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, now and then, I really want to shake your hand. Uh, 
Yeah, go mom. And then, yeah, and then then a uh, week later, I got a call from the producers, and it was like, yeah, it was like what? And, and anyway, the, and it it really happened fast. Of course, I had to send like you know other audition tapes and this and that, and you know it took a few months, but they decided to give me my uh, give me my own guest spot on the show. So instead of with the teenagers, they were like, you're going to be the second guest. Yeah. And I was like, what? You know, like, so you have a main celebrity, yeah. me, and then the musical act. Wow. Oh, wow. And so it was amazing. And guess yeah. who, guess who I, guess who I was on with? Uh, Ooh, I'm dying. Guess. I'm dying. Pamela Anderson. <laughs> That's like every teenager boy's dream. I, yeah, I know. 14. Right? Yeah. I want to be like, Pam, I've seen your videos, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just, but no, but, <laughs> but I remember seeing her. And it was my, it's like my first, en- it was like my first encounter with a celebrity. And I was like, she looks just like how yeah. she looks. <laughs> she would look great. That's she just hilarious. was like, wow. Well, and, and, oh, God. and yeah. let me say that you yeah. went from um, Idaho town, Population of four to Hollywood for this this <laughs> yeah this, LA this show <laughs> is just amazing and you know and he went from like twenty five dollars earned at like a birthday party or a daycare yeah. uh, to to that yeah. so that is so such a great story Corbin I I I didn't I haven't heard that in all yeah. your interviews I haven't heard that one yet so uh, I really yeah, like yeah. it and it, That's it awesome. yeah and it just well, has I, to show that we. I'm being very candid here. (laughs) For all of our listeners or kids out there that you can do, I mean, especially now with all the different platforms that we didn't, your mom probably hand wrote Mm -hmm. that in a letter and like put it in the mail maybe or something. But now there's so. (laughs) What was it that long ago? (laughs) Telegram. She actually, she actually, 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 Angie, she actually sent a pigeon. And so. (laughs) Wait, wait, am I dating my own Yes, yes, yes. Western Union. (laughs) Yes. Did she ride a horse <laughs> all the way to LA? Yes, she, we actually both rode. We actually both rode carriages. We all had a carriage and we rode to Burbank. <laughs> oh, well, regardless, oh, there's gosh. plenty of ways to get your name out there and your passion yeah. out there and yeah. your expert talents or not, no talents. And I love that your mom saw your reptile um, kind of education as a talent, and because I, I really. Because all of us that are interested in animals, even from the time that I worked at the zoo uh, to now at my, in my graduate program, like you said, any chance I get, whether it's for one person or five, uh, to be an educator is amazing. Or Chris, when we worked together um, at the university, he was always pushing me to like do blogs or go give mm-hmm. talks and, and and basically just get people excited, get the information out there, get, you know, especially with science and um Animal conservation and animal biology and all that is definitely uh, – we need more. We need more science-based right. uh, information yeah. out there. And then, But not only that, like us scientists sometimes can be a little stuffy or boring because we don't have the training to get the message across. So that's why yeah, I think it's so awesome to have somebody like yourself who, of course, does love talking but has maybe a little bit more training in how to, <laughs> how to look and act <laughs> you know, the, yes. and get people excited. Well, and you know what? You know what? Yeah, and I have to say the same for both of you. I didn't believe that you guys are both doctors because you are very good podcast <laughs> no, guest no, hosts. You're very no, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> what? Well, no, it is like I was thinking. Wait, wait. Let me check the credentials. I did a quick little Google search to make you, sure. You no, can I'm kidding. Buy, you can buy any degree online. It's good Corbin. though. Any but... degree online, you can buy. So, <laughs> oh, I wish. God, it would have been so much easier. Oh, it would have yeah, been yeah. so much easier. Oh, to buy my yeah, degree yeah, yeah. anyway. Yeah, I know. Different story. I know. Well, you went to what University of Idaho. Is that right? It was no, no. Um, Boise yeah, State that's actually. A, that's oh, one Boise. of those. That's offensive. Hey, I like. Yeah, Boise it's very. State. Yeah, U of I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're known for the blue I went field. To, I went to a state yes. school as well, yeah. uh, Corbin. So I feel your pain when people mistake it for the other one. So. Well, no one knows where Cal Poly is. I know. Is. Well, like, come true. on, you know. Right, <laughs> 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 did my undergrad. Yeah, so you, Boise State, and you yeah. majored in biology or zoology, and correct. Yeah, correct. Because like your first guest was one of your friends, right? She's like a big uh, conservation expert now. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Valerie yeah. Hershey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love going yeah. to Boise State. And I have to stress just, to, to, you know, maybe even young listeners, it is so important to just pursue your education mm-hmm. and uh, it, it just can open so many different doors. I mean, so many doors. And it, I, I'm going to be honest, it was really hard for me because since my, you know, my first Tonight Show appearance, I had appeared several other times. And so mm-hmm. when you're 17, getting out of high school, you're on this high of being like, oh, I'm on the Tonight Show and I have these yeah. animals and I have my career path and I want to do television. There was a part of me that thought, you know what? Why do I need to get my education or this or that? And mm-hmm. there are people telling me, just pursue TV. You don't need, you're fine. You've already made it. And I'm mm-hmm. so happy. I mean, mm-hmm. with my parents' guidance and just inside, I thought, you know what? I need to pursue my education, and that was the, one of the best decisions of my life. So please go to school. I don't want this to sound like a like a like a no. like no, a big no, speech. It's, but it's always true. No, no, that's no. I always, I always, when I'm working with younger people, uh, especially for me, young girls, I I always encourage education because it's something that cannot be taken away from you, no matter what. Later on in life, married, divorced, whatever have you. Your education is always there. Or, yeah, or even if you went into another career and it failed, like TV or acting, you can always yep. fall back and, on your education and, and all the connections you've made along and the that's, way. Yeah, and, and that's such a good thing to say, Angie, because, I mean, TV is so hard. I mean, acting is so hard. I mean, it's such a difficult business. Um, mm-hmm. But I, another reason why I think it was so important to get my education is if if I'm going on all these shows, like the Today Show, the Tonight Show, Late Night, <laughs> and, or being an expert for Inside Edition and stuff like that, like – and I didn't have a degree, you know what I mean? Or maybe I didn't yeah. have, you know, I had a, I didn't have a, a science related degree. I think some people might be like a little like, oh, okay, like, I don't know. I would have, just yeah. to be real. Would you? Really? <laughs> really? Well, I, well, I mean, like, yes. I credibility. Like, of course, yeah. when I, mm-hmm, when I, when I go, checked you out for go- from Google or whatever, uh, when we first made contact with each other, yeah, that was the first thing I looked at. And it just, uh, it gives a little extra line of credibility. I don't think that everybody needs, you don't necessarily maybe have to have it or it doesn't necessarily mean you're smarter or better mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that. It just showed me for sure that you were in it for the right reasons and that you that you had you had kind of paid your dues and had learned a lot about animal biology and how they live and their physiology and knowing that I it just it made me Degrees, be a little yeah. bit more endearing to like to want to go further, and 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 I might be completely wrong. I mean, obviously, if you, you know, I, I have no idea if some of the other animal experts, zookeeping, like when yeah. um, had yeah. had degrees, college degrees. Um, but in this yeah. day and age, there's probably a lot more com- competition, right? In any field that you're in, whether you're in animal entertainment or whether you want to, whether you want to be a zookeeper, and so the degree I think just helps. A, you can fall back on it, and B, it helps like set you apart. And so for me, I was like, okay, you know, this this uh, this young kid. I mean, you're not a kid by any stretch of imagination, but this this nice <laughs> young, you know, Steve. I have a beard, Angie. I have like three whiskers right here. You can see them. <laughs> I can get closer. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, yes. No, but uh, yeah. you know, just it for me, it was just yeah, it made it made it a little bit more. Um, uh, what's the word, Chris? Help me out. Just uh, for me. No, it, it, I mean, it's a sense of, you know, it's when, when people, they always look at the credentials. They do. I guess. And so when you're you out there, this day and age. it just gives you mm-hmm. that edge. Yeah. You, it just gives you that edge. Like not only do you have the personality, the charisma, stage presence, all that stuff that's important, but you have the, the, mm-hmm. the mind, you know, I guess. And just listening to you talk about get education. I mean, yes. bravo, yes. you know, and we're, you know, it's like Angie and I are in our training or our PhD training. We're educators, obviously, and we love education. That's why we do our podcast. But, you know, you, it, it, yeah, like Angie said, you're doing it for the right reasons. And and somebody like you can make a huge difference huge in the world. Because you have the numbers, so many the species. following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, bravo. Yeah. Well, and that leads me a little bit into my next question or two is so, of course, I looked you up and then and looked at a lot of your, your clips and then, of course, looked at your education level to see how much of an expert, quote unquote, you were and felt pretty secure with that. But then I took it to the next level and I, coming from my background in animal, um, in animal husbandry and working for the zoo, uh, I'm a big believer in, uh, of course, animal welfare and uh, when animals are living under human care, whether 
it's a pet, your dog, or if they're in a zoological setting or a conservation center, that they need to be respected and that they need to be cared for in um, in an appropriate way. And so the zoo that I have worked with or that Chris and I have worked with on the podcast, different people that we've interviewed, they are typically uh, with, they're accredited by the AZA, which Chris, what does AZA stand for? Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Don't ask Angie because she... I always okay. threw up. <laughs> Her I husband like, would be like so this, bad. I what do you say? I think, I have like <laughs> what do you say? The, the American Zoological yeah, Association. Something. I, just, I just always chop it up. So, but at any rate, yeah. that is something, you know, we were, I worry about people making sure that the animals, uh, yeah, explo- exploitation. Yeah. And so that was the next thing that I looked up. I'm like, okay, you know, how is he, t- you know, are the animals taken good care of? And so one of my questions is, how do you make sure that the animals that you are either borrowing, I assume, or getting for a public appearance for uh, the Today Show? Guy, listeners, he's also been on the Today Show with, uh, yeah. what's it, Kathy? And- the former, well, yeah, and former First Lady Barbara Bush. Oh, my wow. God. Yes. And the well, daughter, I've, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, Tyra Banks. I mean, not that she's up anywhere near Barbara Bush, but I mean, yeah, yeah. that was, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm actually, actually, as I speak, their number one in-studio animal expert currently, but that can always change, uh, so like knock on wood, but no, yeah, so no, today's well, show. I love keep it. pushing, keep pushing. Yeah, we'll keep and so how do you, yes, 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 yeah, yeah, for our listeners, how do you ensure that the, what, rather, let's say you're bringing a crocodile or a snake or, of course, you do mammals now too, because you're more, you're big time, uh, not that reptiles aren't big time, but, how do you make sure that those animals you're able to get them like in New York City and that they're coming from reputable places and they're well taken care of? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the animal's comfort, first of all, is our number one concern as well as their safety. It's all about the animals. And so if you even like watch my segments, a, a common thing I say is, oh, animals are taking over the studio because literally that's what we do. We let the animals do whatever they want. So that's why when you usually see stuff happening, there's birds flying everywhere, penguins pooping <laughs> on the floor. Like, I mean, just, you know, animals munching away. So their concern, I mean, their safety, their comfort is, is our number one concern, but we also go through a rigorous process with a, a, a permitting process. So you cannot just go into New York City and display animals or go on TV. You have to go through a permit process, and it is full of documents. You have to make sure all the animals have health certificates. They're coming from a reputable facility. I usually only work with AZA facilities, or I'll also work with uh, local wildlife rehabilitation centers, but everyone has to have their license. Um, at times, sometimes they have an on-call um, on vet. Um, it is a big, big process. A lot of paperwork, but it's not just like, hey, you know, we're going to bring this spider monkey or, you know, this or that. And, and anyway, yeah. it, it's it's a very, um, it's definitely a process. So Everything's a lot, looked a at. Lot, a lot of prep, a lot of prep, a lot of prep work, prep. like months in advance of planning for for whatever date they're they're going to have you it takes a lot of time well, and coordination sometimes it's not months sometimes i just get like like a week or like two weeks and that's me scrambling you know trying to oh, smooth wow. the new york yeah. people i i love you tamika <laughs> anyway but uh you know but i i, I also that's her name i need to take her out for drinks because she's yeah. a sweetheart but uh anyway yeah. but i, I really yeah, also yeah. want to say that we do not just i don't just select random animals all the animals, and I'm sure you've noticed with the clips, they're all comfortable on TV. The reason why is these are all animal ambassadors. And just like with your experience working in the zoo, you have public um, education animals. And so we're not bringing right. an animal that would be uncomfortable out in front of, first of all, cameras or lights. These are all animals mm-hmm. that were born in captivity. They're all used to human contact. And that's why you, like, you'll see the animals 99.9% of the time, they're just doing their thing because they're used to this yeah. outreach. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, a lot of zoos, uh, in their education programs do have handable animals. And I know from my experience, some of them have been orphaned, you know, so they're hand raised by people. So they would never be good candidates for like release in the wild, things like that. So yeah, it makes sense. So I have a question. Think, talking about animals on stage, has there ever okay. been an animal that has scared you? <laughs> You've been like, Oh my God. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember. Oh, my gosh. Any, uh, yes. Well, it, it just scared me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks. And this was four years ago. It's so weird you said that because my Facebook memory came up. Yeah. And it was four years ago with Kathy Lee and Hoda. And it was during my, during my younger years, right? I'd only appeared, I think, like just, I, just a handful mm-hmm. of times on the show. And there was a little, um, oh my goodness, a little, 
Oh, what is it? Oh, Squirrel Monkey. Anyway, uh, I talked to the handler previously, this and that. Anyway, the Squirrel Monkey and the handler are stuck in traffic. Kathy Lee and Hoda are like walking out, like everything's going on. This is a live show. Anyway, they end up getting the Squirrel Monkey in, and the handler puts the Squirrel Monkey on the table and proceeds to tell me 10 seconds before air, just be careful, he might attack. Oh, my God. And so I'm holding like this leash. I have Kathy Lee and Hoda on my side, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, this is not something, like, I, nothing happened. He sat there and ate his piece of fruit and was fine, but it was just, anyway, mind you, it was just one of those things, like, are you, like, and, and I wasn't scared, but I'm like, okay, I'm like, what, what am I going to do? This is live TV. So that yeah. was a moment, but that was in my younger years. Now I think I'd know how to handle the situation a little bit Right. Better. Oh, right. awesome. Well, yeah. that's I just want to say, I saw that clip with that alligator snapping turtle. Again, something you can see in Florida, you know, walking out of my wife's building, the entomology building at UF campus, there's a freaking huge alligator snapping turtle just right there, you know, so all really? sorts of wildlife in UF. But God, that one you picked up. Jeez, dude. That thing's huge. Dude. It was so heavy. I was dead. Like, and it was so funny because they kept on. So that was for late night with Seth Myers. And for those of you check it out, it's on, it's, it's on YouTube, but they even had me pick up. It was so heavy. You guys, I was dying and they had me pick it up, you know, cause they wanted to get stuff for their Snapchat. And it was so funny. So I, I worked with an animal handler and he's like six foot five, this giant buff guy. And he's like, Hey Corbin, I could pick up the snappy turtle if you want. And I'm like, no way, dude. Like, and I'm just thinking like, you know, I worked so hard to get on this damn show. Excuse me. I am going to pick Pick up this snapping turtle, and I'm, I'm, I'm just like holding him, and I look so calm, and my arms are just like I was so sore the next day. But I made it look oh seamless. If you watch it, you'll never, you you'll did. never know. I'm like, like, dude, that guy. I'm like, man, you got some muscles on him. Like, oh my football days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was awesome. Oh, he was heavy. Yeah, he yeah. was heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that clip. I was like, holy, how much was that thing weigh? Like 250 pounds. It was ridiculous. It was over. Yeah. It wasn't that much, but and, and and it came in this giant. So they have this giant crate. He had to, he had a custom yeah. built built crate, and yeah. so it was like tall. So I had to like go in and like do the whole like it was it was insane. But yeah. that was such an ancient animal. It was like a dinosaur. Yeah. I mean, I think it was over like I think he said like seventy five to hundred years old. Like this was a giant. Wow. Anyway, just 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 a living dinosaur, really. So, Corbin, I've been dying to ask this. You said that, the, of course, the animals that are on these late night shows or any of the talk shows, they're treated like royal guests. Um, so my question is, do they have their own dressing room or green room? And my second question is, do the talk show hosts really like animals? Do they seem to like animals? Are they generally excited or is it just part of the shtick? Okay, great question. First of all, the animals are treated better than people. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you are the biggest celebrity in the world. So they have their own green rooms. It really depends what show. So when I do the Today Show, wow. they have their own separate big pipe and drape area outside of the green room. It's huge just to kind of keep them more comfortable, just to kind of minimize the people going back and forth. Um, when I do like Late Night with Seth Meyers or I just did Megan Kelly today, they have their own separate room. So literally like, I mean, they put all the handlers in the back. And then the animals have this like nice historic room that has probably been around, you know, for years. And anyway, so yeah, so the animals are taken care of. Um, great. So uh, host wise, it really depends on which host. Uh, okay. I think I, so I, I, I do the Today Show the most. And I think the funniest one I work with is Kathy Lee, because even if I'm not on with Kathy Lee, but I'm on like a different hour and she sees me in the hall. She's just like, Oh my God. She just rolls her eyes in the back of her head. I mean, she just looks like, Oh crap. Like, are you kidding me? Anyway, so she's super fun. And I, <laughs> I love working with her cause that's how she is during the segments. Um, but all of them seem genuinely pretty interested. Some are more interested than others. I think Megan Kelly, which I was so honored. I was her first animal guest wow. and that was last month. Okay. Um, she mm -hmm. was, she was really, really into it. And she was, cause it was her first animal yeah. segment and she was like asking the questions. And I really think it just depends on the talent. Uh, some like, you know, right. some, some hosts you don't see until you like get out there or, or they don't want to see the animals. They want to save the organic reaction. So like with Seth Myers, he was super into it. And we were like, Hey, do you want to come see the animals backstage? He's like, no, I'll wait until we're out and just keep, keep that organic. Oh, cool. So. Yeah. That makes, 
Yeah. Yeah, well, surprise me. Now, <laughs> with some of these bigger hosts, uh, are you able to push a conservation message? I know you only have three or four minutes, and you're trying to get education out there, but of course, Chris and I are huge promoters of conservation, and obviously a lot of the species need people like us sticking up for them, and I just was wondering if you're able to do that, or does it depend on the show? Yes, absolutely. So, of course, we always try to shoot, you know, go for a conservation message. I make sure it's so I'm, I'm so lucky. I'm able to come up with my own talking awesome. points. And then what I do is I submit my talking points to the uh, producers, basically. And so we always try to get some type of conservation message in. Uh, sometimes, so what people sometimes don't understand is these shows are live. So sometimes if you're like in the middle of something and then you see the camera guy behind you, like, hurry, you know, like giving you the eye, like, you know, hurry up, hurry up and twisting the finger and then everyone's like come on you know look at the clock and then you have the Chris you know the cast of the, the fantastic time. four yeah. right there yeah. does he really yes <laughs> no way he's just like oh and, he's like and you know what? so funny land the ship or land the plane see but but, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. when they do that to me i'm like oh wow i need to like really hurry up and then sometimes they cut you off but mainly yes we try to have a conservation message and we'll usually like we'll pick animal ambassadors one of my favorites is aurora the penguin she's an african penguin from the turtleback zoo and they participate in the species survival program right. and so we're able to talk about that program and anyway so that's yeah we'll use key animals like that yeah Live is just, yeah, that's, that's nerve wracking. You know, I've, I've been uh, behind the scenes on a couple TV shows, my, with my sister and, you know, whenever they do a scene, they take like 30 takes. I never knew this and they take it from multiple angles. <laughs> so, you know, from behind them and in front of them and to the side and different lighting. And for one day I sat on set and it was just one or like two scenes all oh. day was what they did and they kept redoing it so and um, Chris, and then yeah. when you now you watch tv and you can see like they flip back and forth a bunch yeah live no. my god especially with animals yeah well that and, and actually chris i have to say you're lucky because yeah. with your uh with with the sets you've been on with with the today show it is one take <laughs> or with late night it is one shot there's no like yeah. there's no there's no let's redo let's it's redo. like this is gonna be like we've <laughs> We've done shows where we're like, oh my gosh, I hope that turned out okay. But that, like, yeah. it, it yeah, like, don't drop that snapping turtle. My no, God, don't no, do no, it. No, don't do it. No, so yeah. So, uh, okay, so you have all this reptile experience. Do you have like a favorite animal? Like it's just like this is your favorite animal that you just love to talk about? Well, I, I so I got my start with reptiles, but because of doing the whole national shows, mm-hmm. apparently I guess a lot of people also want to see cute and furry and feathered things. So I, I had to no venture. Way. Get out in, of here. Yeah, right. I had to venture yeah, into yeah, that yeah. realm. So I still love my reptiles. I love I love crocodilians. I, I, I really love alligators, like the ones I personally keep. I love the iguanas, my my big tortoises. I guess I'm like totally not answering your question because you said pick one but if there was one animal like no 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 yeah i could talk okay so i love hippos and i love hyenas okay so we need to put hippos Hippos and and hyenas hyenas on the menu for our podcast have you got to to. uh, interact or uh, go behind the scenes with any hippos yes Oh, I just screamed at the microphone. Yes, it was my number one all-time animal encounter of 2016. I got to go behind the scenes at the Toledo Zoo, and my friend's there. Hey, John, what's up? Uh And I think Emma... Shoot, I don't know if that's the hippo's name or the keeper. Anyway, so it's uh anyway. Long story short is they had they had two hippos and one of they had a big male named Herbie yeah. and they asked Herbie to come over and open his mouth and we got to feed him a watermelon and I got to touch the gelatinous like I got to touch the side and I was d- dying oh, yeah. like I yeah. I was so excited I was like what yeah. like and, I know my yeah. my husband yeah. yeah my husband's favorite animal is a hippo and that's how he got his career start working um in zoos with hippos. And so just recently about, and about two years ago, he was able to coordinate a behind the scenes with a hippo at one of um, the local accredited zoos here in Florida. And it was like a birthday present. Of course, we brought my Xander, who's four. He was two at the time. And 
John, of course, is my husband, and he's just enamored. It was a hippo he used to work with. And I, of course, am like you, Corbin. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, because of, uh, where, at this time yeah. I worked in Chicago, they had pygmy hippos, which, which are awesome. But this was not a piggy, pygmy hippo. This was the, the real – yeah, this was the real deal. Yeah, they're small. And they're doing yeah. all the training with it. And, of course, to my, with my two-year-old, I'm like, Xander, isn't this, like, the coolest thing ever? But he didn't like he, – he just wasn't that moved by it. And I'm like, you are going to be kidding yourself. <laughs> Like, whatever. Like, he didn't want to get in the photo, and I'm just like, oh, my. And I was like, oh. I'm like, what is going on? This kid, like, loves animals. But I, he uh. might have been taken back by the size. I don't know. Or I, or he's just two and being a, a toddler, like a hot mess. But, <laughs> but I feel you, Corbin, because they are so impressive. And uh, my husband used to work with them where they train them to open their mouths, but they also, like, do dental checks on them. And they, interestingly enough, they have, for listeners that aren't aware, uh, Hippos have humongous canines, like crazy. I don't know if canine is the right word. Is that the right word? No, but a tusks. huge tusk, yeah. tusk, tooth. Yeah. Uh, and But it's but, canine teeth, yeah. Uh-huh, but they, interestingly enough, they love their gums, the top, flat tar- top of their mouth scratched. So my husband, when he was a new keeper before he probably even knew anything about animal safety, he was in there rub- rubbing the gums of hippos for training (laughs) now they don't i am i'm just i know that was like 15 20 years ago they don't allow that anymore obviously that was probably not a good choice of him as a young keeper or whatever that's why john only has one arm right right, right. uh (laughs) that's fine (laughs) but yeah they used to do some really cool stuff and and so yeah he fell in love and then and yeah yeah, and they're they're really cool and i promise you we will cover them on the podcast it will be dedicated to the episode will be Please dedicated do, to my husband, yeah. but it'll be uh, you'll. Oh no, we're do- I'm dedicated to Corbin, <laughs> I, your husband. Yeah, uh, he's got. Yeah, a, yeah. Corbin, just, just Angie, think of me. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I would love to hear about hippos. They are so fascinating, and I've seen them out in the wild, but I'm obviously in the wild, you're not able to touch them, and so oh, yes. anyway, so we can... No, no, no don't I, touch I, them. I, must, don't I, I, do it, I do it in my no, don't. and Chris tries to do it as well, so I usually ask our guests to uh, make an animal sound, and we usually focus oh, yes. on a certain species. Oh, but okay, okay, of okay. Of course, with you, we're just talking about um, okay. animals and entertainment and education in general, so we don't have a specific species. So I'm going to ask, since we're talking about a hippo, can you do a hippo? Okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Hold on, hold on. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me the weirdest look. It sounds oh so my bad. God. My dog just me. looked up at me like, what is going on? You're killing me. Did it, did oh it sound God. okay? Oh, my gosh. I, I wish. I get a um, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it like a C minus. A C um, minus? What the world just began? <laughs> <laughs> I am so- but- <laughs> You could have given me a C. <laughs> you could have given me a C plus. Like, are you one of you? Oh my god! Oh, I'm um, right but, now. You know, but but I will. But I'll tell you what. I I I will do it when we. I will do my impersonation when we do the hippo podcast. You can listen to it and and then we can discuss and or we can let we can let listeners vote on who does a better one. Uh, but yes, but I loved your face. It was, you were really into it. And I think that that. I'm, was- now I'm like trying to think like, how can I improve for the next time someone asks me to do this? <laughs> no, I can't get, I can't get deep enough. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like there. Should I just, I just can't project it. Should I just it, yeah. do it right now? Yeah, come on in. Right now, please do yes. it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Like do it. vocalization yes. um, standoff. Okay. okay, do it. All right. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. 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 Oh my god, no. you, you two are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, we didn't ask for the colobus monkey, we asked for the hippo. I give you a D minus. Angie, have you. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Okay, Chris, you need to edit in what a hippo actually sounds like, and then we can like compare yeah, them. Yeah, and sounds like an old man laughing so i don't know if i did my best to get that across but yeah it's like oh 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 no no what no that's what they do they like grunt and they're like and then they anyway okay Uh, 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 uh.
favorite uh, doing this podcast the last six months with Angie is when she did the uh, the tiger chuff or the leopard, <laughs> leopard chuff. It's during the leopard episode, and she's like, "I'm dying laughing," and she's like, "In the same room with me, I'm dying laughing." She's like, "Don't laugh, don't laugh, stop it," and I'm just dying. So Angie, you got to do the chuff. The chuff Come on. Do it. Okay. Okay. I, I'm okay. Not, I, I'm gonna, yes. I can't and, look at you guys. I'm, I'm like super. Why? That's not. Okay. Uh, this is okay. a tiger chuff because, well, and the funny thing is, is my four-year-old knows that like tigers don't really roar, right? Lions roar, uh, but tigers, uh, their vocalization yeah. uh, is, uh, especially when they like you, they make a chuffing sound. And so here's my, here's my thing, uh, my my attempt. Okay. <laughs> 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 Did it get better? It's good though. She's doing that like three it feet is, for me. It is. <laughs> What's my grade? It is good though. I actually would give you B plus. Okay. Yay! Right. That's good. That that was way better than the hippo. I like that. Okay. That's awesome. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Chris, do you yeah, have any animal yeah, noises? Yeah. Animal sounds. Do you do you have any animal noises? Uh, no, just I I sound like a hippo because. I have still this damn cold that won't go away. <laughs> Good old New Zealand. Yeah. So let's – no, no, no. I love it though. New Zealand is amazing. It's so beautiful here. So one of the things I want to ask you, you know, using your celebrity uh, – and, and I think wasn't it Jack Hanna said edutainment? I, and I know he said it, so I've been using that word a lot. You know, do you have a real sense of responsibility as a spokesperson for these animals? Yes. And, and we're in a very tricky time and age where there are people completely against zoos and aquariums mm-hmm. and against what I do on TV. And, mm-hmm. and I've been attacked. I, I mean, I've been attacked probably not as much as someone like Jack Hanna, who's more well known. But, um, I think, I think everyone who works with animals in the public eye, or even, I would even go down to the ground to saying anyone who works at a zoo has dealt with guest visitors coming in and saying, this is not right or this or that. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I look at it as like, I look at what I do. It's my job. It's all about education. And a huge thing is that, just regarding the argument against zoos and aquariums, so I was actually a spokesperson for the AZA for their safe partnership in 2016, and we w- I went into a room full of publishers who were – a lot of them were not for zoos and aquariums, and then after my presentation and then after meeting some of the ambassadors – were just their minds completely switched around. They were like, wow, this is completely different mm-hmm. than what I thought. And they were, bl- their minds were blown when I told them that this, this, this conservation initiative that zoos and aquariums have, they raises millions and millions and millions of dollars for conservation, saving wild animals and wild habitats. And a lot of people don't realize that. And, uh, so yeah. Right. And so right. I'm prepared to fight for it. I mean, I, I just think that's, I think that's what we have to do. And I think it's great to get people. I know there's a lot of people who will never be able to go to Africa or to South America or all around the world to see animals. And so, you know, and of course I'm only talking about reputable wildlife organizations and zoos. I'm not talking about roadside zoos or people who have tigers as pets. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, right. yeah, I, right, I right. think that they play really an important role. No, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we're, well, and can, yeah, we're behind you. you. I mean, we're behind which, you. Speaking of which, can you yeah. give the listeners a little advice on – that love animals, and you and I and Chris, all as kids, uh, of course, we were attracted to any animal we could find. I'm sure there's a picture of me uh, with a parrot on my shoulder when I was in Mexico or uh, something as a child where I didn't – my family didn't know any better. We didn't necessarily understand uh, probably what was going on with the illegal pet trade or animal welfare for that matter. So what advice can you give people that love animals when they see something like that that's maybe not at a maybe not at a reputable zoo? What do they do? Should they take the picture with the white tiger cub or how can we what what can we do to help promote the safety and well-being of of animals that aren't in the wild? Yeah, so I would just say do your research. You know what I mean? Do a quick research. And nowadays, it is easy to get on your phone. I could do it right now. And a quick Google search, 
take a look and make sure it's from someone who's reputable or not someone, but usually a facility that's reputable. Make sure they have the proper permits, the licenses, you know, but Angie, I was like you when I was a kid, I have pictures of me. I mean, you know what I mean? You're a kid. My family didn't know either. And so I think education is the most, I think education is the most important thing. Do your research, make sure it's reputable. Um, Mm To give you, just to give you, you know, information, just talking, I have a very good relationship with my producer on the Today Show after so many years of doing this. And he says the first thing they do is they do an intense search on the individual who's coming on, the handlers, to make sure that they follow proper protocol. This is coming from something reputable, licensed, you know, they make sure that they everything's intact before you yeah. know, pursuing a segment or something like that. Yeah, I think, you know, I was just going to say, you know, especially, I mean, I know here in New Zealand, animal welfare is a big deal. Uh, Australia, the EU, so outside the United States, but within the United States, like I think a lot of people don't realize, especially Angie and I being researchers, you know, uh, or, you know, in previous research, there's so much regulation and there's so, which is good. It, you know, we're not saying it's, it's a problem. It's just we are heavily regulated to even, like, even when I was doing a behavior study on horses, or at the zoo, the local zoo there in Gainesville, I needed a protocol just for my students to look at right, an animal. Chris, mm-hmm, but that's so, also, it, it should be noted, yeah, that's, all the way down. of course, at the university level, um, as far right. And the AZA accreditation, you know, zoos and stuff. I mean, yeah. so much, a permit is needed to do anything. But that's the big difference is animals that are owned, uh, and this is probably a whole different podcast for a different day, but animals that are o- privately owned a lot of times are only un- in, the, in the United States are only governed by the USDA, which has m- somewhat minimal welfare standards. And mm-hmm. therefore, that's why the AZA started to begin with is so they actually said, hey, we want higher standards than that. And we want to we need to govern basically govern ourselves and make sure that our animals have exquisite care. Cool. And if you want to be part mm-hmm. of these organizations, you have to go through rigorous accrediting processes that happen every five years. So a zoo can't slip through the cracks. And anyways. I'm on my little bit of my yeah, horse but, today, but but now but but no no it's fine yeah get off your horse no pun intended no I'm kidding well so just but just to kind of flip that around for instance I have my own facility it's a great facility you know I take great care of my animals and it's not AZA and you know That's we do true. sometimes give private tours to family members no I'm not on the road with the sign saying you know ten dollars for a picture with a snake which there's nothing wrong with that if that's how you build you know money for your business and you're taking care of your business that's what you do um so i i just think it depends on the situation and uh, i you know just just assess the situation just make sure just things seem right does that make sense well and i think when I think, you see something mm-hmm. like a parrot on the shoulder or yeah. well yeah. exactly and i think a lot of it too is um like you said the permits so let's get back into more of the celebrity stuff so pamela anderson <laughs> pretty cool <laughs> is there any celebrity you met and you were just like starstruck you know you're just like Wow. Besides, besides Chris and Angie. Yeah, besides us two. I know, Chris and Angie. Well, yeah, besides you two. <laughs> Starstruck. Um, you know, but so, and I'm not trying to, this sounds so cliche, but yeah. since I do it now so often, I, when I see celebrities now, I'm not like, they're not, yeah. I don't know, just because you realize they're just people, but they're I have to people, say yeah. recently, yeah, they're just regular people, but I have to say, one, I mean, the former first lady, Laura Bush, that was really like, uh. it, it was like one of those things. And it was like, I found out that morning because they had, you know, they uh-huh. have to be so secure with her. They had secret service there. Mm-hmm. And so my producer told me the morning of, but told me you cannot tell anybody. So none of the handlers knew, like none mm-hmm. of the zoo staff knew, like, you know, yeah. I, anyway, so that was one of those moments. And she decided to do the segment with me because there, she's really into wildlife conservation. And I guess yeah. she like has a bunch of land in Texas and she has a, I think a nature reserve or something. And so right, she right. wanted to do the segment and she whispered to me in my ear afterwards and she said, thank you so much for what you do. And wow. it was so cool. Yeah. That's like, awesome. This is like, uh, it's like, it's so weird. Yeah, I would be, but, uh, I would be starstruck. I, uh, I, I got my PhD from Texas A&M, so I didn't buy it online. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had to suffer and I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so so George Bush, the dad, I got to see yeah. him a bunch. Yeah, and they, and and 
you know, I know Barbara Bush just passed away, but she used to always love driving by her horse farm. We're out there working and, and, uh, wow. so, you know, lo- love, uh, the Bush. I saw Jeb Bush and mommy Bush when George Bush jumped out of the airplane. Anyways, long story short. Yeah. yeah I would be starstruck by them, you know, like just wow. Somebody that has affected history of our country, you know, right. And, um, I was like, yeah, like- yeah. I was like, Corbin, what am I doing here? Like, I'm like, what am I like? I'm like touching. First of all, I did something wrong. I touched her. Like, I touched her shoulder, but I had to recorrect her because we had this behavior, which I, oh my goodness, I know this. Oh, he's he's one of the world's best bird trainers, and he trains these beautiful birds for, um, you know, for zoo shows. Anyway, we did this thing where, you know, um, you know, Laura Bush sticks her hand out with a dollar, and the rose-breasted cockatoo comes, takes a dollar and puts it in a conservation jar to raise money for conservation. But I remember like having to tell her like, you know, like, come on, you have to wave your arm. And I was touching her and then I saw secret service on the side. Like, you know, like I'm like, Oh my God, don't tackle me. Oh, super cool though. Yeah. That's awesome. Super cool. uh, Just to finalize that story, I will say my starstruck moment is so dorky that, and I said it in the, uh, the, Oh, what the hell? What? I'm having an Angie moment. What species are we covering today? It's called mom brain, Chris. It's called mom brain. It's a real thing. Look it up. When we, <laughs> what the hell snake did we do, oh, Angie? Oh, we did uh, Burmese oh, python. The Burmese python. Uh, the Burmese See, python. Even Corbin yeah. knows. So when we did the Burmese, yeah. yeah, when we did the Burmese python episode, and I was talking about Titanoboa, and I'm at the, our natural history museum, and right next to me is the the grad student. Here I am, a professor. Here's the grad student that discovered Titanoboa, and I'm looking at the Smithsonian Channel. His interview is played, and he's standing right there, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the guy that discovered Titanoboa. Oh, my God. I was like, that was, uh, and I've met celebrities. I've met quite a few celebrities. And I'm just like, wow, what a dork, Chris. I love what that. A dork. I love that. That is so funny. I st- I like, I know I, I sound like such a nerd too, but in my early podcast listening days, I listened to this gal who studied leopard seals in Antarctica and I just followed her on Twitter and she followed me back and I'm like, Oh, like I was like, yes, (laughs) it's like this random person. I was like, you study leopard seals and Antarctica. You are awesome. Like I, anyway, it was so cool. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to reach out to her now. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> I will score an yes. interview with her. You should. Yes. You should. Yeah. It's like Dr. Getz. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and that uh, actually leads into my next question is uh, who, who is inspiring you right now, both uh, as either an animal expert or a conservationist or a group? Ooh, that's a really, really good one. Who is inspiring me? You know, I think Dr. Cynthia Moss is inspiring me with her elephant conservation research, and she's been doing that for, what, 50 or 60 years, and she's in Kenya right now. Mm-hmm. And I actually uh, I scored an interview with Dr. Moss, which that's another one. I'm like, oh. wait, what? <laughs> yes. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I'll be looking for that. Yeah, so I need to schedule that. It's very hard because she works in remote areas in uh, Kenya in Am- Amboseli National right. Park. Right. And so that's someone. But anyone who's the forefront of like wildlife conservation, um, ooh, oh my gosh, a huge one. My heroes, Derek and Beverly Joubert. Joubert, the national – have you guys ooh. heard of them? They're National Geographic filmmakers. Oh Oh my God, you guys, they've been around since like the 80s and they have done lion research and they um, have done leopard research and they started the Big Cats Initiative and those are like heroes to me. They live in the bush and uh, I'm going to reach out to them too. Why not, guys? Um, No, they are – Derek and Beverly are just so so inspirational and uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that Chris and I have found doing the podcast and reaching out to people of how many conservation and animal heroes or angels, however you look at it, are mm-hmm. out there, boots on the ground, some of them behind a computer, some of them on a boat, some of them, some of them in tents mm-hmm. in, in uh, the savannah, but really, really doing important work. And I just think that they should be more well-known or that they uh, at least should be celebrated because... Right. There's so many people that are are fighting the good fight for individual species or as as a collective group, and my hats go off to them. And I'm so fortunate that once or twice a month I get to talk to them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's been fun. And that was, a, been a, lot of that fun. was a really hard question because there's so many people doing great, great work. And those are just two people or three people came to mind just that stuck out like, wow, like they're really yeah. trying to make a difference. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and that's no, what we that's found awesome. is sometimes that's even awesome. just like one person can make a difference. Um, you know, mm-hmm. necessarily. I mean, yeah. of course, the ones that are with bigger organizations or uh, have more money or more are able to do bigger research, right. collaborative research. That's fantastic. But even just an individual starting a nonprofit or something like that here in the state yes. to educate people. Have you? Yeah. yeah. And I'll go and I'll just go and say, I mean, you know, one of my first interviews with Niaga Leonard, here's this guy, you know, I, I keep bringing him up, but I'm just so in awe of him, you know, in this little well, cat island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to move from the U.S. to Vietnam and to dedicate his life to this langer that's going extinct. So, mm-hmm. yeah, amazing I, people out there. I think just – I think quick to note, I just found out about him. Uh, he's a 23-year-old inventor and entrepreneur, Boyan – I'm totally butchering his name probably, but Boyan Slat. He's the one yeah. who's who created – who's developing that um, piece of equipment to clean up the Pacific garbage patch. <gasps> yes. yes. I was yes. reading about him – Yes. One of us need to reach out to you. Well, so, yeah, no, and I, I actually should. And I, I have to give a shout out. Um, the Joe Rogan Experience, that podcast is a great podcast and it's one of the most popular podcasts on iTunes. And he interviews so many scientists and biologists and tons of different people, he but does. he just, he just had Boyne on. Uh, the episode is, uh, oh, uh, oh gosh, episode awesome. 1104. I will check that out, Corman, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For the record, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, it's episode no, one. No, 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 oh. 1100. Boy and Slot, April 16th, the Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and Chris, yeah. Chris, if you haven't checked out Joe Rogan, you need to do it because he has podcasts that go on for three hours and I have listened to the whole thing. <laughs> me too. We can't go over like an hour. And I agree with you, Target, for 45, 50 minutes, the, an average commute. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, he, because he has amazing guests on there and of course yeah. he's amazing. Freak guests. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. yeah so i guess when you're really and, really awesome you you can go longer <laughs> you can do three hours yeah and yes <laughs> yes and, and also chris i have to say some of joe rogan's stuff you you find the most interesting stuff in that last hour or sometimes in the mm-hmm. last 10 right. minutes like i love listening to joe he's great okay. yeah okay. great podcast. i'll put him back Sorry. i'll put him okay. back yeah he i know he's awesome yeah and podcasting in general is just awesome um so corbett i don't want to take up too much of your time and, and i've got one more question and i know angie's got one more question but, you know, really quick, how do we convince people it's worth saving endangered species? It's worth our investment effort. I think it's our moral responsibility. I think that we are so disconnected from nature. Yeah. Like we as a human species, we are so disconnected. We are just – we're not even in – I think it's ridiculous when people say, oh, we're humans, we're still in the food chain. Like, we're so disconnected from that. And this is my personal opinion. Like, it's our moral obligation to conserve these species just for future generations. And animals have been around, I mean, for millions of years. And then we are just put on this planet. We've only been around for a few hundred thousand years. What, 300,000 years? Is that what it is? And uh, Yeah, roughly. Yeah, yeah, roughly. And we are just have put such a – we have, have had such a negative impact on the species, on biodiversity, the earth, you know, just its habitats. It is our moral responsibility. And, uh, yeah, that's really what I can say about no, that. Awesome. 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 Thank yeah, you. That, that you summed, you summed it up in a nutshell. So I, that is right on. Thank yes. You. No, that's the best answer. <laughs> and you. I Appreciate agree. It. And that's why we do, that's why I wake up in the morning. That's why we do what we do. Um, so yeah. And then just mm-hmm. my last question with that being said, so, Somebody listens to a podcast or goes to a zoo or sees you on the Tonight Show, be it be them seven years old or 70 years old, and they're inspired and they're moved and they love animals. What is your advice to help them with that mission, either get, get involved with something animal-oriented, animal conservation-oriented? What, 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 what should they do? My advice to anyone is the sky's the limit. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you live, you can make a difference and you can make something happen. This is your life. I, like I said, grew up in the middle of nowhere. 
in the middle of in, of southern Idaho, in the middle of the mountains, yeah. and then yeah. to where my yeah. work. No, seriously, like I am living yeah. proof, and I am still on my journey. I mean, I am still on this ride of trying to see where my career will take me with animals. But you can make a difference, and even start out little. If you have a passion for animals, but let's say your parents don't want you to have an animal, start out maybe be a volunteer at a local shelter, at a local zoo, and, and honestly. Meet as many people as you can. Connect with like-minded people. This is why I love this podcast platform is that we can all get together and we can all share our message. And I love how we could like how when I debut your, you know, your podcast interview, my listeners will now be introduced if they haven't already to, you know, the All Creatures podcast and, you know, vice mm-hmm. versa. Mm-hmm. I think it's great to get the message out there. And I think we're all yeah. trying to share the same message. Nope. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, Corbin, we just really appreciate what you do. And I really hope that the listeners will go to your website and what can you give us your information, your website, your Facebook, et cetera. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. So CorbinMaxey.com, M-A-X-E-Y, not I. Save the jokes. <laughs> like middle school flashbacks. Uh, and uh, check me out. Uh, no, seriously, it's horrible. Uh, check me out on uh, Facebook, <laughs> on uh, on Instagram. I also just recently started filming webisodes. So oh, these awesome. like quick little webisodes every week that air. You can check those out on YouTube. Yeah. And then uh, Animals to the Max podcast where mm-hmm. – I interview people who are passionate about animals and I love hearing people's journey. So if you're interested in thinking, how can I work with animals one day? Like you can listen to people who have done it and succeeded. Yeah. I love your approach. Like, um, it was funny. I was playing your Dr. Scott interview, you know, to my son who used to watch dinosaur (laughs) train all the time. We loved it. Yeah. And I'm like, look, it's Corbin. And listen, this is Dr. Scott, the paleontologist. And my four year old was a little bit sad that he was real. Like he, I guess he thought he wasn't real. I don't know. It's hard to, but interestingly enough, Dr. Scott said in in his interview that, that when people meet him, they'll either, hug him and be so happy or they'll cry. Like those are the two reactions. So my, my son <laughs> fell in, in the crying category. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, Corbin, yeah, that Dr. Scott, thank you so yeah. much. Uh, we could talk for hours with you. No doubt. We can turn in when we reach Joe Rogan levels. If we ever, we will Let's talk. For that three is, hours. That is the goal. <laughs> But right now, it's just yeah. what our moms, like even you said that last pod, your mom listens, you know, my mom listens, no, but mom listens. you guys would be, but listen though, you would be so shocked because I discovered you just through a quick search. I looked for an animal yeah. podcast and you guys come up and so you would be shocked. Yeah. You should look at the analytics. I told you I have a high listenership in Korea. Like, come on guys. Yeah. You guys have to. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that has to be a fluke, by the way. Anyway, we can get off. Buy a special software to look at those analytics. Super fan. So. <laughs> They're too much money. Uh, no, you don't I, have I, to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do oh, know in New goodness. Zealand, though. I will say, in New Zealand, it's me, my friend Jesse, and his girlfriend Bryn. We're the three that like have driven there our New go. Zealand numbers way through the roof. So, there you but go. thank you so and much, Corbin. Thank you so much. Yes. I had so much fun. Thank you. Oh yes, let's do it again. And um, until then, keep fighting the good fight. We're really proud of you. Yeah. And listeners, please check them out. Uh, CorbinMaxi.com. Yes. Correct. Yep. Yep. Thank you yep. so right. much. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Take care.